Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor John as we talk about churchy words and this week's message in our series entitled Extreme Hospitality. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, back in the armchair after a week uh, hiatus was with yeah, Pastor John. Yeah, I, I was away, and back, good to be back. Yeah, you and were... And we, we swapped uh, places this week, too. Yeah, and you were in Northern California last Northern week. Northern California. I had my uh, sister-in-law's uh, birthday party. She wanted to have it out in Northern California, in the Napa, Sonoma, Sacramento, San Francisco area. So we yeah. uh, we, we uh, went uh, went for a vacation. It's a different world. It is beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. It was it was warmer there than it was here. Do you remember that cold snap we had a week ago? It was uh, here. We're getting, we're getting another one today. Yeah, <laughs> the last couple of days. And well, I was just uh, talked to uh, one of our prisoners yesterday. We were having a training for night to shine, and I was you know we we're talking about cold, and he he said, "Yeah, it's Florida cold." I said, "That's." Cold enough for it me. It is it's cold, cold enough for cold <laughs> enough for me in the sixties. But uh, but I did. I, I was talking to one of our elders on the phone. Uh, earlier and and they they're doing a work thing in Michigan and I was like well that's really yeah. cold that's really cold that's but, where the real cold comes from so we we were in the this is the second to last week in the series uh, hospitality this past Sunday mm-hmm. and we uh, as you mentioned we switched places uh, you were in Vine I was in the classic service but we were talking about this particular passage of scripture from First Corinthians fourteen where they talk about tongues and languages and and I really leaned into the language piece of it that we have in the church we, we were church churches are full of jargon yes. and things like that. Yeah. So I was curious, you know, you you were being raised Catholic, um been a Presbyterian pastor for almost 30 years now. Yeah. So are there church ease words that resonate with you in a in a positive way or or are there church ease words that resonate with you in a not positive way like you hear them and you're just it kind of is like oh my gosh did, did we really just say that again it's not necessary you, you know those things that's I, I funny met... it's funny uh, on the recording you mentioned the narthex because yeah. that, that that's one of those words like you know we only say that uh, i no. suppose there are narthexes in other buildings but you never say that right no, I mean, an architect architects would probably appreciate you know, the other you know, language yeah. uh, w- words uh, words in language that describe places. But but to someone who's new to the church, you, if you, for me to say, you know, I'm meeting the narthex. They're yeah. like, what? what? What is a narthex? Well, it's funny. I I it. Ten thirty, you know, in the recording, you can't do this because there's nobody in the room. But at ten thirty, I actually asked the question: who who doesn't know? What a narthex is! Oh, how is. many hands went up? Oh, it's about half. Really? About half. And then, and and my wife was in was in the was in the congregation, and she said there were people in the in the choir who raised their hands. The I had no, <laughs> no idea. And they're looking around like, I, you know, what is a narthex? Oh, narthex. A, and I had it sounds to like a, is that something you take when your muscles are sore? It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like, like some sort of muscle. Oh no, that's naproxen. Naproxen. <laughs> but yeah, for those that don't know, it is the um, lobby. Is what the, I call it. It's the uh, lobby. I just call it a lobby. It's the lobby for longest time. My, my previous church, I would not call it a narthex, I, or if I did call it a narthex, I would say narthex, and this is kind of key, narthex, yeah. which is the lobby. Which is the lobby. Yeah, which which I mentioned in the sermon, I think I did it in the recording, did. too, that you and I discuss 
it, on this podcast, language that we intentionally don't use or yeah. we use, but then we explain. Yeah. Um, like like we, we both did it this week. Uh, we don't just say the Apostle Paul, right? When we're, yeah. we, we talk about Paul, the early church I've leader. I've noticed that, that you and I do this consistently. consistently. There's so many places where we, where the where Paul comes up yeah. and neither one of us call him straight up first thing we say is the apostle Paul. Rare yeah, so rarely do I do that. Yeah, and when always, I do I usually catch myself and then and then back up and back say up the, and, and and you and we use the same phrase and, and we didn't talk about this either. Mm-hmm. I, we just sort of well, we have the same impulse which yeah. is that who is this guy? Well, yeah. he was the an early early church leader. That's what people who don't know him yeah. would want to know. So yeah. we just call him the early church leader yeah. Paul. Yeah. Are, are there words though that you listen, you hear, and you're like, "Yeah, you can't get away from that word." It's so, it's so amazing, so great. Even if we have to explain it, or are there words that you're like, "Man, we just need to get away from that altogether." <laughs> I, I, that's a little different than what I thought you were going to talk about, like the theological hair splitting words. Yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. one of my favorite theological hair splitting words, and and it's really more so in the Reformed theological tradition, is the whole lapsarian. Our arguments, and so there's, there's, and this is. I'm going to use technical words now, folks. So just be prepared. It's uh, the lapsarian discussions are whether it's um, sublapsarian, a superlapsarian, or infralapsarian, which has to do when what was known prior to the lapse, which is the fall, that was known prior to the the lapse of God. So there's a whole discussion. At what point does does and it has to do with the orders of decrees and when God declared new things were were going to be in place for the around the fall, and if God knew that there was going to be a fall. Why did God create in the first place? And if God knew that there's going to be a fall, was God somehow culpable, responsible for the fall itself? And does that make God a good God? And all these questions yeah. that go on to these very fine details yeah. is a. Uh, so I thought you were that, and, that, and that's that's a good example of the thing you and I both talked about this. Yeah. And the message is like you can get. That's the kind of thing that John Leith and those PhD students were talking about. Yeah. It's just that, that wasn't the subject, but it's the kind of thing they were talking about. And uh, and so those are those are fun in some ways. Just because they're fun to have that level of conversation, and there is, there, there is, I mean, when you stop think about it, if you're reading the Book of Genesis, there, that is, future, a, is a logical got, question that, that might come are, up. Those are questions you might not use those words to describe it, but you do think those thoughts. Yeah, and so that's great. But I think that I th- the the mainstay for me that I think are the churchy words that are useful words. You you can't be the church without talking about uh, justification. Yeah, you can't be the church without talking about what grace really. Does uh, a mean and adoption and and sanctification and some of the big words that have to do with the big con- even the gospel? Yeah, one of the questions that we've asked for several years now of the of one, at least one of the new elders coming into the church is to have them unpack what is the gospel. What is the gospel? And that seems like so innocuous, so simple, so basic of a question until. You start to answer. Just yeah. challenge anybody. Go, go, go answer the question. What exactly is the gospel? Yeah, because it's a lot more complicated than than yeah. it seems. So, but it's a churchy word. So yeah, and, to... and, and I think those are those are things that we take for granted as being churchy words because yeah. they're so they are so ingrained and they're so. I mean, even even words like crucifixion and resurrection and 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 those are yeah. words that if you if you if you just stop and 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 think. What would life be like if I never went to church? Those are not words that you would ever use. You yeah. know, they're important, and we can't get away from them. But it does it does remind us that, you know, we we might need to, and we do. I mean, we talk about crucifixion and resurrection. You know, 
we have to explain those things, and, and we have to explain it over and over and over and over. It over reminds over. me of an exercise that uh, Richard Peace, Dr. Richard Peace at, Brent, at Fuller Seminary um, had us. He p- put a piece of paper in front of the, the class, and it was called the, go- the, the ABCs of the Gospel. Yeah. And there's this whole conversation about the, the conversion and receiving Christ, and it's just like two paragraphs long. And he said, I want you all to go through and just imagine that you're a brand new person. You don't know anything about the Christian faith, and just circle the parts that you would be confused by. Yeah. And by the time we got done, Simple. most of us had cir- circled words or phrases in every single sentence yeah, yeah, in yeah. that in that you know two or three paragraphs that that were present there. So it's just like, why would they know what even the gospel means? Why would they know what the, what sin means? You know, yeah. just these, these type of things. And he said the problem is his point was the problem is we talk this way all the time. Yeah, and we are when knowing that we talk this way all the time, we need to be aware that we're also losing people, which is where you and I both went this week, yeah. we, we are losing people who are brand new who are coming into the, the church. So just not, and which is Paul's point. It's, it's not intelligible. Yeah. Which is funny because I think, you know, I, I when I, in the live service, you can play with this a little bit more, but, you know, I, I, I think there are people, when we start talking about the gift of tongues, you know, and the, the warning that Paul uses about the gift of tongues, and, and for the record, um, you know, we're not, I don't think we're discounting those churches that that speak in tongues in no. their worship services. It's just we look at Acts or we look at First Corinthians fourteen and we say, you know, there's something we've got to take that very seriously uh, about the intelligibility of the gospel in a worship service. But uh, but I think that there are people in the main line, you know, Presbyterians, Methodists, um, most most Baptist churches say, well, oh, we're good. We don't speak in tongues in the church. But but I said it at the at the ten thirty service we might say that, but then we have all of these words that everybody that is coming in from the outside would say, "What language is that that you just just spoke?" I mean, yeah. When you start talking about, we don't speak in tongues. Well, to me, you do. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's their. It's a different their language. It's, it's, it's it, like you said. You, you know, I, I love that 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 example of your early seminary days with Professor Leith and and hearing people who have grown up in theological discussions and you, you know it's like what well over well over your head at that point you know and having somebody come alongside you to say okay let me let me let's let's unpack those yeah. let's let's parse those words out because as a seminary student you're going to need to know what most of those words mean eventually, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, you're probably, yeah, I was able, I was able to take whole... ordination exams three years later and succeeded. So yes, and there's a theology portion of that yeah, that, that yeah. you do have to know what those some of those words mean. You know, we 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 um, to me, it's always interesting when you kind of look at even like in our hymn book, you know, um, you know. Yeah, you mentioned that the the here I raise my Ebenezer. Here I raise my Ebenezer, and we're like, people. I, I always think about what's what's Ebenezer what's, Scrooge doing? Yeah, our, in, is our this a Christmas song? <laughs> like, did did you know? Did Charles Dickens write this? I, I actually like that line. You know, I yeah. like that line. And for those that don't know, an Ebenezer is is a monumental stone, stone of remembrance, of remembrance yeah. in in the, and especially key in. Uh, uh, the you know especially like the 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 book of Genesis when when you have um, Jacob you know sets up memorial stones at various points in his yeah. in his life as as God shows up and you know his his father Isaac had done the same and his his grandfather Abraham had done the same it's a it's a it's one of those words that I it's a it's a push pull because like yeah. when you go to the 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 Bible itself most English translations don't use the word Ebenezer um, but 
they'll, they'll just say memorial stone, mm. right? But but I love the way it sounds in the, yeah. the hymn. Um, but and I, we and you know I, I love that you mentioned uh, uh, Julie in your um, in your in your message that she has she works in a, in a, a in an office that many people and I reference this in mine as well that lots of people work in in, oh, in, in industries yeah. that have their own insider language oh, yeah. and and they're that it. Neither one of us were putting down that insider language. No, 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 we're no, we're no, not no. discounting that, and we're not saying that that's not. It's that's necessary. Not I mean, it's necessary. It's yeah. In, yeah, it's important to to be able to have a a shared language, mm-hmm. um, so that you know what you're talking about. So if you if there's, I mean, we used to have this. I used to work in um, in satellite communications, yeah. and I would write the articles for these engineers, yeah. which was which was interesting to me because we'd have these protocols, which is this software you know system that needs to be set up, and the and and it has like seven different levels of how they began to communicate from satellite to, to satellite and these engineers would just start talking and i said okay okay stop yeah. that put your car in reverse <laughs> yeah. i don't know anything yeah tell me what x.25 you know protocol means what is what does x25 mean yeah uh, that, back start with that well yeah. what is now what is it you know yeah and so so but but if you're an engineer you're talking that language all day all long it's just that's that's your that's your world you live in and you need to do that and if you're yeah. in banking you do the same thing if you're teaching you do the same thing so so this is not a statement against against insider language it's a statement about and you, but this is what the message is about and this is this is so true in the world it's like is our faith accessible to the to the person who's not in it yeah and how how much work are we willing to do to uh, to to help them? I, and I would just say for anyone listening to this, well, I know that one of the things that that drives you, and we haven't said it this way before, is that I've talked about this 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 phrase is that use the words. Yeah. Don't hesitate to use the words like sanctification and justification, even infralapsarianism. Yeah. Uh, use the use the words, but don't end whatever it is that you're saying. Don't end that sentence with a period. Yeah. End it with a comma. Yeah, and what comes after the comma is the is a definition of the word. Yeah, yeah. that way people can learn. That's yeah, how people learn. Yeah, we do. I mean, some people discount the educational part of preaching, right? I mean, but there there is a teaching. I mean, when we teach, there you know when we preach, there is you're bringing in people, and I and I said this in my message. You know, there is something to a a worship service and even an outsider when they're coming into a worship service they're they're there because there is a spiritual hunger that yeah. that is inherently calling them out of the ordinary yeah. and so and it ought to be that ought, that yeah. that needs to be so yeah uh, yeah they're, 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 that holy w h O L L Y holy otherness. Yeah, there needs to be an otherness feel to that, and our language can be helpful for creating creating that otherness yeah. feel. So, our, so can our music and the words to our hymns. Yeah. yeah, as long as we understand that the language can create barriers, we need to op- we need to put gates in those barriers. Yeah. You know, we need to put doors in the walls. I think my know? favorite phrase from your message this week was just translator. Yeah, a cultural translator, yeah. You're a cult- there's, there's a cultural translator. Um, in some sense, there's a... Um, that, that when we put commas after words, we yeah. become ecclesiastical translators yeah. as well. Yeah. So we help people understand, even ecclesiastical, there's a word. Yeah, there it is right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ecclesiastical, things to do with the church, right? Yeah. Uh, so we, we become a, a church, you know, things to do with the church worship translator. Yeah. I, think that was a, I thought that was a great word. Well, and I think, and I think some churches 
say, you know, we're just going to flatten the language. We're going to eliminate all churchy words. And and we should be, and I, and I think both of us have this impulse to say, if we're using a word in the church, whether it's in a sermon or in a worship service or just, you know, on maps, you know, yeah. is it necessary? You know, is that, is that word necessary that way? You know, like Narthex is a great example. I mean, could it just be just reference it as the lobby. Yeah. Right. I mean, because that's what it is. And it, it there's no gospel uh centeredness yeah. to the word narthex. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean, kingdom of God does not shift forward or backwards or somehow it, because we in, use the different yeah. or different word. And it doesn't increase someone's understanding of of faith or the church by knowing that that word. It, you know, but I'm I'm guilty of it because I grew up in mainline. I grew up in churches where Every you know, just about every church had a narthex, and the narthex was central to the life of the church because we didn't have welcome centers. So if there were signups or donations or it whatever, it was all in narthex, right? Yeah. Um, and so I have to always like train myself to to do what you're talking about. Say, well, it, the 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 lobby area that's you know we call that the narthex, but um, but that's the kind of word that's like not it's not not necessary. Yeah. It's you know. not it, it, narthex and justification are not on the same. No, 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 they're not. exactly. Yeah, and we and so there is a call for all of us to kind of use that 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 differentiation. But this is a conversation, a, a, a small part of a bigger concept, which is the whole point of the message was to be aware of the outsider and to yeah. be aware that the outsider feels like an outsider, and that for those that are inside, to have the motivation to bring the outsider in. Yeah. So when you're looking at 1 Corinthians 14, and you you mentioned um, a couple of different times, like what we're not talking about, we're not really going into the importance of oh, spiritual man, gifts. Of the, that's the, the, if you want to ask about the editing room floor today, it's yeah. really easy today. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the entire, what is a spiritual gifts? How many a spiritual the, gifts yeah. are there? Is it an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts? How do I find my spiritual gifts? What do I think of my spiritual gifts? Are they Have they, have they ceased to be given in the, in yeah. the church? You know, all that is this editing room floor for this this week and that did, was that was hard to leave behind. Did you did you have the rabbit trail where, when your preparation to yeah, start yeah, going that yeah. have to stop yourself like man I'm going to spend an hour. I did. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Is like, if I if I go down that path I'll never finish this sermon. Yeah, yeah. Because it's that and again that is a fine sermon to preach. That's just not the point of this. That's a fine this week. class to teach. It's as fine well. class to teach, but that's not the point of. And that's where you know we read the different passages of scripture and we preach from different passages of scripture multiple times. Because we're looking at it from different angles, and and yeah. and there is a this is a really an important uh, point to make for this week because man, you could approach it from a lot of different angles. You know, spiritual gifts, the the what is what is prophecy here? I mean, yeah. and because I, I started to Spirit, talk about spiritual right, gifts as a whole, and then particular spiritual gifts. Yeah, uh, what is it? What is it today? You know, because there's some people that look at like the gift of prophecy and they immediately equate it with preaching. You know, say so, well. Preaching is mm-hmm. the prophetic gift, and then some debate. Well, no, that's not because preaching is is listed separately in other places from prophecy. And and I loved how you kind of just threw it out there, just little. It's forth telling, yeah. you know. And people can kind of 
yeah. do with that what they want to at that point because again it's not the point of yeah, the message yeah. today. And, and you know like Nathan Nathan the prophets uh, thou art the man you know you are the man yeah. uh, to, to the king King David that is a foretelling moment of, of, of Nathan's that you, this is what's true right now yeah yeah but there's a lot of different things so we were looking at it really from the intelligibility and the the, comp, yeah. the, the, the understandability of the gospel in a worship service so one of the things that you did this week was um, you know, I loved the, and, and this is the thing that people were talking about as they came out this past week, was everybody getting up and moving around. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. And, and and when, because I, I heard people say say this uh, as they were leaving, you know, the 1030 service on Sunday. Oh, you know, we got up and moved around. And when I was watching it, I didn't know where it happened in yeah. the message. So it was interesting that it happened later in the message, because yeah. I, I was anticipating happening earlier in the message, and it didn't. So what was the thought process of yeah, behind I, that? I don't know. That it would have just been cute to do early, yeah. but it, I think it had more meaning of, of, of the of the why uh, to do something like this by giving enough of that backstory and enough of what we're trying, what this is trying to point is trying to make so it was it didn't once we got everybody settled down after the move it wasn't hard to to make the point yeah every yeah. week people are coming in and and need to and they need to be feel feel welcome so do just do this every week yeah not yeah. literally move move people around but just just be aware of the of people every week did you have anybody come up and comment on that particular moment oh to yeah you afterwards? Uh, yeah and yeah uh, they, uh, i'm uh, curious what they because they, they they just said uh they they asked me uh because i was in classic oh you know did did you, did do, you that do that same that thing yeah. in classic I, I was like well no I, I didn't because again we don't really talk about the messages a whole lot. It's, it's actually a lot hard it would be a, a lot harder to do in the classic service because the pews don't lend themselves. They as, don't lend themselves. As, there's as not well. as many breaks. You got to crawl over people. To yeah, get, there's yeah. not as many breaks. There's there's three three rows or three three aisles in in that, and they're super long rows. So, um, but but what, what were people saying to you as they? Oh, it was all it was positive. I didn't I, I didn't hear anybody say that was that they didn't enjoy the experience. Now, now they may be the quieter ones. I might hear about that hear from that later on. But the ones that who who spoke about it positively <clears throat> after the service said that they uh, they met some first off. They met someone yeah. that they hadn't met before, and they enjoyed getting to know that person. And they just, and even, even just, this is funny. You'll appreciate this. Even one of them was just, I moved to a different place, and I like that place where I sat. Yeah, the new place I sat. So this is a w- much better view. I don't. I always sit in the same place. This is a much better view. The sound is better here. So they just commented on the that the place itself made an impact on them where where they moved to. So it was it it accomplished what I hoped it would accomplish. Yeah. Well, and people are such creatures of habit. Yeah. You know, there's such. I mean, even that, like, the the the, the never moving. You know, I, I think sometimes, and preachers, you know, pastors sometimes will will kind of um, chastise uh, people for having their seat. Right? Yeah. You have your seat, um, but it's not usually from a. And and I think. Uh, Ed Dyes last week commented on, you know, people used to pay, you know, pay for their seat. And I was yeah. like, that's my seat. And you're yeah, in yeah, my seat. Yeah. That's, that's got literally has my name on it. Right. It's like, but, uh, but there is this kind of, it's comfortable. I, I know this, but then when they try something new and they're called to try something new, then they also see the service. They see the worship experience. They get one step closer to the outsider point of view because it's, yeah. they're, even though they're still insiders, they're seeing it differently, and they start yeah. saying, "Oh, well, this is how other people are experiencing this worship gathering," and and it just it it 
I, I see that as kind of getting people a little off balance so that they have their one step closer to yeah. the the person who's never been in that space before I, at I, all. I'm curious um, if you if this week because um, I'm watching you and I know it's look I know it's an empty room because I do I do that as well but it's yeah. an empty room but I'm watching you and it just seemed to be something different about this message yeah. that you could feel that you know this is this is really important I yeah mean, it's all important those are all every week is important but it's like is to be to to truly be hospitable this is this is um, we didn't talk neither one of us talked about this but what's behind everything that we were doing is that this is the one of the main places where people encounter the yeah. the, the church the people gathered for the church is when they're gathered for worship and so this is really important it just seemed did it feel different when you were delivering this message yeah, really this did. week I, and I you think felt like you were like dealing with something yeah, yeah vital well i think I think, and and when we set up the when we set up this series at the very beginning, um, I, I said this in my message. You know, we're talking. We start with really big picture, right? We start with really big idea of God's hospitality, and and we were almost moving down the funnel throughout this series. This is why sermon series are, I think, important. Um, I also think it's important for people to 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 be at every every sermon in a series uh whether they bounce back and forth to different services is fine but because it goes from this big picture and you know um you know cosmic level kind of redemptive topics and then saying well how getting into the into the 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 real nitty-gritty of practicality mm. here you know where we go from you know God's hospitality to who does God who's God targeting? You know we talk about outsiders, we talk about the marginalized. Um, that's who God's targeting because that's where we were. And now this past Sunday and then this Sunday coming up, we're talking about really about the hows. You know the mm-hmm. how do you the big picture is the why, the 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 middle two weeks are the who, the, and then this is the how. You know yeah. the the what and the how. And so that that that's where I feel like. For people that don't really understand sermon series, um, and, and and maybe not all preachers do this. I, I think you do this. I know I do this when we're when we're creating a series. We craft the series to have a flow. To have a flow, yeah. so that there is a this, then this, then this, then this, and we in the sermons often will go back and touch the the the, the one sentence point for each message. So that if people are new, again, thinking of the up, new person, yeah. try to catch them up. So they, they're they not just dropped into, okay, why are we talking about language and why are we talking about, you know, this. Uh, so that's where it felt different for me. You know, it felt different for me because I, I felt like we were turning the page from the who are we thinking of to the n- n- now what what are they experiencing? How do we how do we um, exhibit hospitality in our in our worship space? And And I don't think, you know, we don't talk a lot about the what we collectively do a whole lot yeah you know that that that's you i know. have the feeling though that those who heard this message this week will remember this message yeah. differently yeah. Because it dealt with narthex language and insider yeah. baseball type of type of language, yeah. and and and, we're, and the we're, vine and the vine folks would move them around. Yeah. But we just, just just the different things that happen across the services. I think this this will be remembered. Uh, I think so too. For for what you, I think for what you're saying, it, I think that the idea is that it helps people think about something that they've taken they, that many of our regular attenders take for granted. You know, this, yeah. When's this, the last time that they were brand new to to this church? Well, if you've been a member of this church for forty or fifty, sixty years, 
been a long time. Well, and I, and you know, it's funny because you know, in classic service, two rows is you know, Peggy Snow, ninety five years, yeah. almost ninety five years old. The the I think the longest tenured member of the church now, currently, um, seven decades. Yeah. Yeah, in this church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, so it's easy to forget. I mean, if you're if you if you're there for for one decade, it's easy to forget how how, so. uh, how what it what it feels like to be new in a setting. But that's why stories like moving to Italy, yeah, and uh, needing to kind of get the lay lay of the land, needing getting some help when you to to know the language, yeah. to be able to ask where the bathrooms were, yeah. and and that's why stories like uh, like like uh, seminary yeah, seminary conversations just, yeah. just being able to, you know so, somebody needs to be there to be the translator. I love that still to be the translator, uh, and and that's that's what we're asking the entire congregation to do. So I thought it was, I thought it was important that way, and I hope that I hope I'm right. Yeah. I think that the congregation will re- will so remember too. this one differently in the years to come. Have you heard? I mean, we're we're Presbyterian, so you know I think we've probably been involved in every theological debate that there, there's out there. And one of the things that ended up cutting room floor for me was the, because I, to me, I, I feel like it's people have gotten away from this idea, but, but I, I, I still know that there are probably some in our congregation, I think, especially in the classic service, but, but not, they're not as vocal who say worship, the worship experience, the worship services are for believers and, no. we, and we shouldn't, be concerned about unbelievers. I mean, have you have you heard that debate? I, I have heard that some over the years. I think most people, fortunately, um, have read enough of their Bible to know that stories, passages like First Corinthians fourteen yeah. that we read from this week, and even Isaiah fifty six that we both yeah. read from. Uh, by the way, I love that you added verse eight to that. I love that yeah. that last verse because it really put a little really, button, little, little, little exclamation point on the yeah. end of it. Um, but uh, but you know you. you that that's that's just that's just un, uninformed. Yeah, that's an uninformed opinion. Yeah, a lot of there are there's some. Uh, I, I mean, I think about the the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, which is the OPC. Um, that's very much at the heart of of their worship experience. Uh, if you have ever been to an OPC worship gathering, they they really. I mean, they they their their the fence around their their sacramental table is really high. I do know this though that to, to that point. I, I I do know of churches that 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 they may be aware that they're gonna be there are some people that come into their, their church, but they're not willing to change anything. Yeah. They're or, glad, ex- they're, or explain they're glad, anything. Or explain anything. You yeah. just you just catch up. Yeah. That's that's their mindset. You, you catch up. And I, I I think that's unfair and unfaithful. Yeah. I mean it doesn't it doesn't do justice to 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 the whole Paul's whole point of intelligibility in First Corinthians fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you have the other side of the coin, which is the pendulum swing of, uh, you know, not not just the seeker sensitive movement, but oh, the gosh. but the but the seeker friendly that 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 can devolve into we're taking all of the the important language out. We're we're not even going to we're not going to explain it. We're not going to use it. We're not going to talk. We're not going to use language like justification, or we're, you know, we're not going to use language like sanctification. We're not going to uh, even have you know. And some um, well, they, they, traditions are not even a sa- they're not even sacraments because right. you know, and, well, and, and that just morphs into we're not going to take. I mean, so they're going to take the words out, but then that morphs into we're going to take the concepts out too. Yeah. So there really is not a lot of substance to. You know, the, the gospel itself has great content, yeah. great essence, great substance to it. And when you start taking the concepts out, even if you take the words out necessarily, so justification as a concept yeah. is 
is essential. Yeah, it is an essential doctrine of, of the of the church, an essential teaching of the scriptures, and uh, to take that concept out and just really have a feel good. You know, I've been I've been to them. I love the storytellers. Some, yeah. What happens is you end up with a with a communicator up front yeah. who's a great storyteller. Yeah. And I love great. I'm with them. I'm great stories. Where's the meat? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll throw Jesus in at the end. They'll they'll, they'll quote they'll quote Jesus almost like they would quote the Dalai Lama or you know some you know yeah. the president of the United States or something like that, and uh, it becomes a great motivational. Speech. Inspirational, motivational, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that's that's the balance, right? I mean, that's the balance that we 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 have to strike. Um, as I think all congregations are called to strike that balance to, you know, worship the God, worship God in spirit and in truth, and elevate those essential ideas, and use language that elevates those essential ideas, but at the same time remembering that 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 you know the difference between an unbeliever and a believer is their understanding of the gospel and the the ability yeah. to to respond positively to that um and sometimes the dividing line between an outsider and an insider is is the instrument of of you know who's going to who's God going to use yeah. to to be that that translator to be that cultural kind of uh companion to kind of navigate those those waters because it's and like you said in your message too you know it's it happens that that's what happens in every other area of our lives. You know, everybody was new to their job at some point, right? Nobody was born, you know, in telecommunications, right? Nobody yeah. was born into, into, you know, being a teacher or, or whatever. Somebody had to take the, the responsibility to train you yeah. in that job to, to, to say, Hey, I'm, I'll, I'll show you where the, the, the bathrooms are where the, the cafeteria is. Yep. I'll show you where, you know how to how to file your report. You know those sorts of things that we take. We re, we rely on that, but for some reason people forget that that's that's the case every single week in 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 a worship service. That there are people who are coming in, and they just need that that friendly that friendly. And uh, and this then beca- that this then becomes the dividing line between those churches that 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 say they can catch up. Yeah, I, I used to have the. I used to say that some of the some of the brilliant people that we both were around in our seminary experience, if you were asking them to describe how to build a skyscraper, they would start by telling by talking about the the fourth floor. Yeah, yeah. And there's three floors and a and a foundation that they've left out of their conversation. They're just going to jump right into what how you know what goes into the, the it's like wait whoa whoa back up yeah catch catch us catch us up. You know, just do something to help me get up to that first fourth floor with you. Yeah. And uh, our job is to make sure we start with the foundation, yeah. and then give them three floors, and then walk with them through the conversation. Yeah, it was some funny because I I think after the service I was talking to uh, uh, kind of a first timer. They were talking to me about uh, about my experience being a, a military brat, whatever. And I've told this this story in previous message, so I didn't tell it this week. But the difference between the culture shock. Uh, actually, I was talking to Kim Kim Elmhorst, you know, one of our elders here, about the culture shock because her mom was t- telling me about the transitions that she had from, you know, into Taiwan and then moving to Japan and then the United States. And and I, I said, well, you know, the move to the United States must have been a big culture shock. She's like, well, no, I had grown up in you know missionary schools, and so I kind of had a lot of American friends. It was actually the move from Taiwan to Japan, to Japan was actually bigger, which, you know. 
my brain, you know, I was like, wow, wonder, you know, I didn't get into it, but I was wondering very much like what that, why yeah. that transition was so big. But I, and I said to them, you know, the move to Italy was actually easier than the move from Italy to Texas, because in Italy, I, everybody that we came in contact with on that military base knew what it was like to be a first, you know, to be yeah. a new kid. They were kid. all in the same, having yeah. the same experience. And I, and I, and I've told this story in, in church before the, the kid, uh, and I'll, you know, his name is Wayne Green. Wayne Green, I'll never forget this guy. Sixth grade, I'm walking on the blacktop, and before I even reach the classes are all lining up, this kid comes and approaches me and said, oh, you, you know, you must be new here, right? And he immediately introduced me to Brad Church and uh, Bradley Church and and several other kids, and immediately I had friends right there. Boom. Yeah. Five, five, not even. But then fast forward two and a half years, we moved to, to, to Texas, and uh, the school that I went to had more more students in it than the entire military air station had people and nobody talked to me. Oh, wow. Nobody talked for months. I mean, I, I, you know, because they, they, it was not a military. I mean, there was a military base close, but that most of the kids were not military kids. Um, they had all grown up together in this, this, this middle of nowhere place in Texas and uh, they could, care less right. about me as a new student. So wow. it, it is that, 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 makes that me, makes me wish I would have uh, th- thought that thought for the message is that the larger the, the group that is meeting, the more people will assume that everyone else knows what they're doing. Yeah. And the more you assume that, 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 you know, that probably isn't a new person. Yeah. Cause I literally heard someone say that from the classic service that, you know, how do I, I my problems, I don't know who's new. Yeah. And I loved I, how you addressed that. I, I think that was, that was a great, uh, kind of to to kind of cut the legs out of that argument a little bit. You oh know? yeah, just ask them. Just to, just ask them and and be apologetic if you don't and say, well, I'm glad I I get to meet you now. You know, it's it, K, K Strong it always does that. I mean, K Strong, who we you and I've talked about in the series before, um, and we've talked about many times. Um, West Drake, yeah, West Drake. Uh, uh, you know, Tracy Carley. Tracy Carley was able to be back after. And, she was excited. To be she here was on very Sunday. very excited to be here, and she was excited because I mentioned her several weeks ago as one of the uh, one of the the people for whom this hospitality thing is like second nature. She's in you know hospitality field. She was a former educator and now a very successful Mary Kay consultant because she's got that impetus. But one of the things Kay Strong always says is, you know, she's been in this church a long time, you know, um, and but she still says there are people that have also been here a long time who I've who I may never have met. And her thing is, it, she'll introduce herself, has no shame if she doesn't know him, just says, hey. I've, I've been here 30 years. Yeah, that's right. Well, I haven't met you in these 30 years. I haven't How about met that? you. That's, I'm, glad to, I'm glad that this, we still can meet new yeah. people, you know, that, that sort of thing. And just to, to say that is, is to say, listen, there's not really an excuse, right? Yeah. You, you can meet new people. I want to shout out to, uh, to Jennifer Voigt and Philip um, and... Um, and Abby, uh, all during the service, um, and I said it in, in, in the service, I referenced them several times, that they they talked about, uh, and who else is really good about this? Um, one of the elders, uh, Jason Aylward, is good about this as well. He says, he said, this community, talks about this mm-hmm. church as this community. Yeah. So the, the difference between the church as this monolithic you know, edifice on Lake Hollingsworth and the church as a community of believers, they were really hitting that at different points during, during the service. And uh, that, that I think is because, you know, what is it that we're, we're inviting people to be a, a part of, yeah. you know, 
be a part of this this community. What is it? K Strong wants people to be a part of. Want to be part of this community. Do yeah. I know everybody in this community? No. Can I? Can I know more of them? Yeah. Okay. I can. But I, yeah. you know, the the call for us this weekend was to was to ask everybody to help other people in this community. I mean, in the end, what do you, what do you want out of a community of believers? But to but but for that community of believers to have bonds. Yeah. Friendships. Yeah. You know. And and it's here. I mean, it, it it's here. If, if two things happen, one, the people that are here that are in a part of the community will keep their eyes open, their ears open, their hearts open to circle new people in. And for, for, for the folks that do come in here to say, well, I'm, I'm committed to finding my, my niche and my place. And for those folks that are, have been here to kind of help walk alongside to help them find their place, because there are, there are inroads here. You know, there are inroads to, to deepen yeah, community. A lot of, we have a lot of... Yeah, we have a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it is a matter of keeping keeping the eyes and the ears and the hearts open because uh, it is here. Uh, you know, there there's there's opportunity here. You know, for well, sure. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, listening to your to your to your uh, message. Um, I was actually on the treadmill. I was uh, I was listening to yours this time. So it's first, <laughs> that's the first time I've done that. So it's like, oh, okay, I can it's listen to this guy. Different experience here. <laughs> well, and I thought, you know, I, and I, I sent you a text yesterday after I watched. I thought I thought it was a powerful message from you, and especially the last five minutes. You know, really going back to the to the the the, the motivation of love for the gospel. And I loved how you, and I didn't, this was not, this is cutting room floor for me. You, you go back into the first Corinthians 13, which seems like such an odd chapter to have in between 12 and 14, except when you understand that all of this is based on the love that God has for us being exhibited to other people. And I loved how you just, you landed the plane talking to new folks inviting them in that this you know that inviting them into the community and that that our hope is that it would be a place where we exhibit and 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 communicate that love yeah. so i just thought that was just a, a powerful way in the yeah, message thank as you. well but, I, I, the neat, neat thing was that you know the longer i'm here the more people i recognize like k strong and i, I yeah. recognize who's who she does she recognizes who's new who's not new yeah pretty good at that yeah. i'm 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 looking out and i'm seeing I, I know you're new and i know yeah. you're new and i know you're new so yeah. really wanted to talk to them for a little while appreciated yeah. you yeah you saying that yeah yeah well this week uh we're we, you're back in classic and yeah we're and talking we're wrapping about, it up this week we're talking about a very important topic which is food yes um it's near and dear to my heart <laughs> near and dear to our hearts uh complicated uh topic though for americans i feel like you know like we we i think americans have a very complicated relationship with with food in, in a lot of different ways. Um, but uh, so, I mean, you look at it central to the ministry of Jesus Christ um, yeah. and uh, central to the, the ministry of the church, the early church, and central to the life of God's people, even in the Old Covenant. So it's just, it's going to be a fun message. You're, you're back in classic. And I'm, it's a, you know, the, the, and it's a communion Sunday. And it's communion Sunday, so we're going to eat. Yeah, we are going to eat together. A little bite size, you know, little yeah. bite size, little meal, right? Uh, but uh, uh, if anyone missed this past week's message, uh, Pastor John was in Vine Pat this past week. I was in Classic. You can watch the complete services on our website, fpclakeland.org, under the uh, the worship page and the sermon archive tab, and you can watch uh, past messages, past services as well. And uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, be sure to subscribe. 
uh, hit that like button, uh, give us a review, share, uh, share this with your, your friends and more and more people discovering this in, in our community and um, people using it as a resource to um, unpack the messages and unpack the services. And we're grateful to be able to do that. So uh, be sure to do that if you're listening. And uh, John, once again, thank you so much for hanging thank out. Thank you. As always, great job with this. And everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see everybody next time.